Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast with me, Michael Edelstein, and my podcast partner, Mick Berry. I'm a clinical psychologist and author, and Mick is uh, an author, and one of the books Mick and I have written together is called Stage Fright, Overcoming Public Speaking Anxiety. And Mick is an expert in REBT, SMI. REBT is Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, devised by Albert Ellis about 1955-56, which changed the course of the psychotherapy movement from the more psychoanalytically oriented therapy to what's now popularly known as cognitive behavior therapy. The basic idea of this approach is that it's never situations themselves that cause our emotions, but it's always our thinking about our situations that cause our emotions. What we tell ourselves, our ideas, notions, views, values in our head cause our emotions. And when I have a session with a client and I teach them this principle early in the first session, I ask them to write that down. Our emotions come from our thinking, not from situations, because people continually speak as if situations cause emotions. I'm depressed because I was fired. No, you were depressed because of what you were telling yourself about being fired. Or you're jealous because you suspect your wife of cheating on you. No, you're jealous because of what you're telling yourself about your wife cheating on you. So uh, that is a seminal perspective that's very important to adhere to, especially if you're working on emotional problems like anxiety, depression, anger, guilt. And when we have those disturbed emotions, it co comes from our thinking and a particular type of thinking, and that's thinking in terms of demands. Must, shoulds, supposed tos, have tos, demands we put on ourselves, others, and situations in the form of, I must do well and get approval, others must treat me well, and my life must go well. Today, we're going to be discussing trauma, which is a very popular subject among certain therapists, and believe that uh, traumatic experiences in your childhood causes your emotional problems as an adult. But that goes against the basic principle. Rule number one, our emotions come from our thinking, not about situations, not from situations themselves. Mick, did you have anything to add to, to the basic principles here? Well, I was going to say, when you said someone says, I'm depressed because I, I got fired. I think that's what yeah. you said. It's yeah. correct. They're not depressed because they got fired. They got depressed because of what they're telling themselves about getting fired. So it would be a strange reaction to somebody. How are you? Oh, I'm depressed because of what I'm telling myself about getting fired. But that would be accurate. And to shorten that, it would also be correct to say, I'm depressed about getting fired. But that's very general. It's not saying what's causing the depression. It's not saying getting fired is making me depressed. But I'm depressed about getting fired. Within that is the truth that I'm depressed because I'm telling myself something about me getting fired. Yes, good clarification. And 
I wanted just to say semantic precision is one of the bedrocks of REBT. Yes, speaking in terms of preferences, not in terms of must, should, supposed tos, have tos, because there's nothing that must happen. I must uh, do well at the job interview. You don't have to. You prefer to do well. So thinking in terms of preferences rather than demands uh, also helps with emotional problems. Today, we're going to be discussing trauma and and the idea of trauma is something that often violates this rule number one, the basic rule. The Oxford Language Dictionary defines trauma as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Well, <laughs> the Oxford Language Dictionary could use some edu emotional education because there is no deeply distressing or disturbing experience there's just an experience, and then as Mick and I have, have been saying, it's what you tell yourself about it that traumatizes you about it or causes trauma in your emotions or your life. So again, and I can't say it enough, it's your thinking about this situation that, and that uh, says, number one, it's a bad situation, and number two, uh, it shouldn't be so bad, and that causes your distress. So that pretty much summarized it. Mick, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'd like to define trauma, and just off the top of my head, I would say incident that's life-threatening or lifestyle-threatening. We could say that. I think that most of what people call trauma falls into that category. So I would say life threat uh, uh, some an incident that's potentially life-threatening or lifestyle threatening yes in in general i agree in general most cases most of the time uh that would be the more common definition of trauma uh although sometimes situations that most people would define as trauma in most situations would not be so with everyone. For example, suppose an older person is slowly and painfully dying of cancer and they find out they just have a month to live. Well, they could be relieved that they're only going to be putting up with this pain for another month and then it'll be over. So with all these things, there are exceptions. So again, what the thing for you to do if you're feeling traumatized, Remind yourself it's coming from your thinking and often your shoulds and your musts and question, challenge, and contradict that thinking. Mick, did you have a final word there? Oh, we're wrapping it up. Um, I would I'm say wrapping it up, but you might have more to say. Okay, well, I would say watch out for the thought, I can't stand it. I think that's a very common a thought that people have when they feel that they are traumatized. Would you agree, Michael? Oh, yes. When they traumatize, when they have a situation that the evaluate is bad, they often say, I can't stand it. I can't bear it. I can't face it. And right. obviously they're standing it. So that's a false <clears throat> assumption. But what they really mean is they're standing it poorly and they shouldn't have this poor situation. This, these uncomfortable feelings to face. 
till they say, I can't stand it. Yeah, and I wanted to give somebody, give people a tool. Now, the thing is, you have to learn about REBT and getting out of your demands. And within the thought, I can't stand it, there's the demand, I need this situation to be different. And to counter the thought, I can't stand it, to be semantically precise, what you're saying, at least what I have meant when I've said that to myself is it's more than I can handle. I can't deal with it. It It is much more than I can possibly put up with. And I'm going to be putting it, what I've learned is I'm going to be standing it. What is standing it? I'm not going to blow up. I may feel like falling apart and crying in a ball on my bed, but even then I'm standing and I'm just not doing anything to help myself while I'm feeling so bad. So to counter the thought, I can't stand it. The truth is everybody will be standing it. It's a matter of wanting to stand it and not feeling torn apart or incapacitated or paralyzed. And the way to get over that is to remember it doesn't keep you from doing things. You might feel bad, but feeling bad is not incapacitating. It's still possible to do things even when we are feeling bad. Yes, very good. And uh, if what we say makes sense, that really doesn't necessarily change your can-stand-it-itis because it takes practice, repetition, review to change your thinking. And one of the ways you could practice this is by using what I call the three-minute exercise, named after my book, Three-Minute Therapy, or what a lot of people call the ABCs, or what Albert Ellis called rational self-help form. And the way you would do that <coughs> is uh, you would write down in a column A, B, C, D, E, F. A is activating event, so I got fired. B, I can't stand it, my irrational belief. C, my undesirable emotional consequences, I feel traumatized. D, you look for the evidence for I can't stand it. So D is disputing or questioning the irrational belief. What is the evidence I can't stand it? And if you think about it, as Mick and I have been saying, uh, E, the effect of new thinking, would be, I don't like being fired one bit, but I definitely can stand what I don't like. It is very unfortunate, but hardly the end of the world. I've survived discomfort before, and I'll survive it this time. And especially, it's not being fired that causes my trauma, but rather it's my should and must and awfulizing thinking about that and with much practice i can change my thinking okay i think that's pretty much what i had what i wanted to say about trauma mick uh yeah quickly i think michael on your website there's instruction about how to do an abc is there not yes i believe there is okay so go to three minute therapy.com for further instruction to see it written out and also albert ellis advocates and i've used this myself and most people think this is crazy but 
if you find there's a situation where you have the thought, I can't stand it, which you would find it traumatizing, what you can do is deliberately put yourself in that situation and practice the ABCs so you diffuse the fear of the situation and you eliminate the trauma. But it takes practice, 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 practice. I myself have put myself in situations and it took about two or three months of daily practice, but I got over my fear of the situation. Oh, that's great. And when you remind yourself to practice, snapping your fingers to emphasize that could really help. Thank you. <laughs> practice, 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 practice. Yeah. What well, one day, Mick, you'll play those drums behind you to help emphasize this. <laughs> right, right. And let me just say sometimes RABT is not as effective as people would like. And the reason for that is one of three things. You didn't find the should. You did not uh, dispute the should effectively and have a very emphatic passion and effective new belief. Or three, there is a secondary disturbance. I must not be disturbed and people miss the secondary disturbance. One of those three things. Right. Wrong should, not effective new belief strong enough or secondary disturbance. That's when REBT slips through, slips through the cracks. Yes, and a few more is when uh, the irrational belief that you're working on is really not the right irrational belief, you have a different one. And also what you write at E, effective new thinking, is not meaningful to you. It doesn't feel real. You're just parroting some rational statement. So make sure you connect with your E statement. I think that's a reiteration of what I just explained, Michael, but people can listen to your words instead of mine. Or both. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, uh, oh, some more other ways you can learn about secondary disturbances. We've done uh, a podcast on secondary disturbance. And also in my book, Three Minute Therapy, I have a chapter on secondary disturbance where you disturb yourself about being disturbed. So uh, there are other ways to learn about that concept. Okay, well, thank you very much, Mick, for being an essential part of this podcast. Uh, and speaking of essential parts, thank you, Chris Rossini, our tech engineer, for making this all happen. Comment below if you have questions or thoughts about what we discussed. Give us a like or thumbs up if you liked it. And su suggest subjects for future podcasts. We rely on our viewers to come up with some things uh, that they're interested in so we can cover that. Volunteer. From time to time, we have a guest. I think next week we're having a guest to discuss an issue. And subscribe to the Three Minute Therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of life.